Separation typically is most needed when the house, when home, is a battlefield, a war zone. Mm -hmm. We are supposed to be able to come home away from the hectic, aggressive world out there and disarm. We are supposed to be able to relax and not have to be guarded because we feel threatened. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, how to navigate separating from your spouse. Yeah, kind of a painful topic, but like I get this question all the time, all the time. So yeah. we're going to kind of break down all the little nuggets and how to do it in the healthiest way possible. Awesome. You ready? Yep. Okay, here we go. What do you got for us today, honey? Whenever you say that, it sounds so funny. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it sounds canned, like canned. I don't know. It just sounds oh, funny. Because, no, here's why. Because you just like to throw things out there and have me just never know what we're going to talk about. Yeah. You like to throw, thing, throw me under the bus. Okay. So I'm just going to start asking you, what do you got for us today? Okay. Sounds good. Here's the question. We are new to being separated. He asked for it, says that it's just that we need some time apart. His reasons are warranted and there's no cheating or looking to. Should we be setting ground rules to follow or play it by ear? We're not sure if we will reconcile or divorce at this point. Also, as a therapist, a must have. We have one kiddo together and I hope we can make it back together as a family. Mm, that's Big a question. Good one. Yeah. It's an important one because not a lot of people know how to do a productive separation. Right. Ironically, I had this question asked of me two days ago in person in my office from somebody because they were trying to figure out this as well. So we should probably talk about when is a separation a good idea? When do I recommend it? Because there's a million you know, ideas and perspectives on this, but I have mine and you can take it with a grain of salt and kind of how it applies to people who are trying to prioritize their marriage, but still, you know, they need to separate for some reason. So okay. I, can, I can give those reasons. Sounds good. Do you want to know the reasons? What are the reasons? <laughs> I thought you didn't want me to be canned, so yeah. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to... Usually, you just don't even take a breath. You just keep going. So, For me, what I've seen in my counseling practice when I was a therapist is uh, separation typically is most needed when the house, when home, is a battlefield, a war zone. Mm -hmm. We are supposed to be able to come home away from the hectic, aggressive world out there and disarm. We are supposed to be able to relax and not have to be guarded because we feel threatened. Right. That is what home is designed to be. Our bodies physiologically need a place to rest and sleep. We emotionally need to be able to turn our brains off. We have to get out of that survival brain and into a restorative, regenerative brain. But if you come home and you're instantly having heated arguments with your spouse where you can't disarm, you can't let your guard down because you're going to get attacked, you're going to get hurt, you're attacking each other, you're having to always protect the kids from the other person. We're not just talking physically abusive, we're talking emotionally abusive, we're talking verbally abusive and aggressive, we're talking character assassination, we're talking, it is just a tense, uncomfortable, dangerous place. And this is not just once a week no, or, or something no. like this. This, this, is isn't like... The, this isn't the occasional blow up. 
This is a pattern that is already established. When that is what home is like, you cannot make healthy decisions on how to fix a relationship because you're in your survival brain. Right, exactly. You, you are trying to just survive and and make it through and you can't distance yourself mentally to be able to evaluate it in a healthy manner and go, this is the wisest thing to do. Right, exactly. You just, anyone in pain is going to do what's the easiest thing to do to get out of pain. Right. To make this horrible situation go away. So I recommend separation when home is a battlefield and you are going to use that time to actively try to regenerate and restore yourself in some way. And that requires boundaries, but also some sort of structure of of how you're going to move through this. So if you've already gone through that, that's been however many years or or months in your relationship, you have to get a little bit of comfort and care. That can be from a family member, that can be a friend, that can be from a therapist, a professional, that can be church family, that can be somebody, but they have to actively be trying to help you heal your wounds, your psychological and your emotional wounds. And if you're just turning on Netflix and just hoping that goes away, that's not enough. Or drinking or using oh, yeah. any other kind of substance yeah. to, to, to shut down those Clearly. emotions. Yeah. And... If you're numbing and you're not dealing with the problem, you'll actually make things worse right. when you come back together. So you have to be active and productive, proactive in using that time away to work on yourself. Ideally, the relationship that had the greatest chance of reconciling and coming back together is when both people are doing that. Right, exactly. And both people are going to come back to the relationship and take responsibility. I recognize this is what I am doing that contributes to the dysfunction of the relationships and I need to knock it off. I need to change it. And here's what I have learned. Here's what this counselor has taught me. Here's this book I read. Here's how I'm going to change this so I don't continue to do the things that are contributing to the dysfunction of the relationship. Right. And when you're spouse comes and says, here's the things that I've been doing. I recognize that I have been messing things up and I'm going to actively change this. And here's how I learned how to do this. And you're allowed to hold me accountable to this, just like I'm going to hold you accountable. That relationship gets good. Mm -hmm. And that little speed bump, that little dip in the road there actually becomes a catalyst for having an amazing and beautiful marriage. Right. I know lots of couples who have navigated those times and they did exactly what I just described. And they've gone on to have wonderful marriages 20, 30, 40 years long. They're just amazing. But they did the work. Right. The play it by ear strategy that I heard in the question there, not a good yeah, idea. Yeah, I was going to say that doesn't work at all, does it? Nope. Because you are, again, you're typically responding to pain. You are being reactive instead of proactive. Exactly. You are not being intentional and you typically make dumb decisions when that happens. Right. And you don't have any directions or guidelines for something. When we're trying to make change in our life, you can't just do it willy-nilly. You really have to have any kind of change, whether you want to lose weight, whether you want to get physically healthy, whether you want to, you know, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. You can't just play those by ear and go, oh, I'll try this this time and and maybe I'll eat this this time. You actually have to have a plan of and kind of like maybe not step by step, but, you know, step by step to navigate, navigate, go from where you are to where you want to be. Exactly. 
You don't usually jump in a car and go, I know I want to get over there. I have no map. I've never been there before. I don't know actually how to get there. Now, you might stumble upon a solution that actually gets you there, but you're going to save so much time, energy, money, and resources if you hire a guide. Yes. Someone who's already been down that road and knows the spots that are going to be a problem, who can guide you directly there, who can make sure you have enough gas. I mean, that's that's a no-brainer. Hire someone who's going to help you get through that. And so, again, usually that's a professional or people who care about you and and have the ability to provide that unbiased, clear thinking for you. I think also when you just leave it to play it by ear, ear. you set yourself up for having unrealistic expectations. And you're not really going to go very far with that either because those are going to go continue to go unmet yep. and it's just going to cause more friction and frustration rather yep. than it's like, well, okay, we're just, I, I have yeah. this expectation that you're going to do this or that. Yep. And that's yep. just a disaster waiting up. to happen. What I've seen commonly uh, with a lot of people as well is they treat a separation as a permission to date. They, yes. they're going, oh, well, my spouse and I aren't living together anymore. So I'm going to go see if there's somebody better. Right. I'm going to go see if I can upgrade and get a better companion, spouse, partner, whatever that is. And so they will go out and start dating, uh, oftentimes start sleeping with other people. And you're just layering on the, the layers of complexity and problems and issues that are going to make it nearly impossible to reconcile and come back together at all. And at that point, you're not really a separation. You're just moving to the divorce. Right. Um, it's, it is so unbelievably unhelpful. It takes the focus away from actually change in the marriage yep. to you're still just focused on yourself. Exactly. And if you don't work on those things that you have in your marriage and the reason why you've separated in the first place, you're just going to carry that into the next relationship anyhow. So there's no, it's really not a great solution. It, it's just probably like turning to alcohol or drugs. You've already been to it. Yep. So sex is a really good way to feel better. You can find someone who makes you feel good for 20 minutes, an hour, two hours, but then you have to still come back and deal with the reality of the problems in the the first place. So don't use sex. Don't use dating. Don't use other people. Don't even start playing around on Facebook or whatever social whatever media the platform social, you're on yeah. and, and, and messaging people. That is just playing with fire. Here's the other aspect of this question that they asked. They have a kiddo. What do you do yes. with a kiddo in the midst of all of this? And this is, again, super easy for me to provide some clarity around because this was a unbreakable rule in my counseling practice when I had it and I still maintain it to this day. And that is when two people are separating and contemplating divorce and what to do with a relationship, but there's kids involved, those two adults are required to make decisions that take the children into consideration first first and foremost. Right. Here's why. As adults, if we don't like something, we can change it. If we don't like our clothes, we can buy new clothes. If we don't like our house, we can buy a new house. If we don't like our job, we get a new job. If we don't like the food we eat, we can go to the store and buy new food. We have power and ability to make our lives what we want it to be. 
Children do not have that. Children, if they're in a terrible situation, they can't leave the house. They're stuck where they are at. Right. They can't go and relocate or pick different food because they, they can't get in a car and drive and go. Kids have to tolerate. Kids have to endure whatever crappy situation they are in. And so if you have decided to be a parent and you're struggling in your relationship, then you are called, you are required to continue to live sacrificially and make decisions that are going to be healthiest and safest for the kids. Yes, absolutely. So whatever decisions you're making have to have the least amount of disruption and the most amount of consistency and predictability for the kids. So you cannot kick out a mother and a young child who, if the mother is the primary caregiver, um, you can't kick her out of the house and expect her to find uh, an apartment somewhere when you separate so that you can keep the house. Because that is so disruptive for this little kid. It's not appropriate. So whoever is the primary caregiver is the one who gets the house and Let's the kiddo have the same bedroom, has the same toys, has the same neighborhood, has the same school district, has the same schedule. To keep as, as many things consistent. Least amount of disruption. Yeah. And the most amount of consistency. And a lot of people go, that's not fair. That's not right. You know, what about me? And that's the problem. What about me? When you're thinking about yourself and you're willing to throw your child under the bus so that you can feel more comfortable or more fairsies. There's a major problem here. Right. And I am unapologetic about this. You can probably hear it in the tone of my <laughs> yeah. voice. I don't give a crap what you're going through. You are required to make decisions that look out for the welfare and the safety of that child. Yes, for sure. That is not going to be fair. You are probably going to endure more pain and more heartache. But that is the admirable, right, and appropriate thing to do as a parent. Right. Does everyone hear and understand? Are we on the same page? Is anyone wanting to try to argue with me around this? And if you are, I'm open to that. I'm willing to have a conversation and discussion around this. Uh, you'll have to email me because that's just going to be the easiest way to do that. But um, I've yet to sit with two people who are in my office who are talking about separation or divorce and have them go, yeah, we're going to screw our kids. Right. They don't want to do that. No. And... I'm glad. That means I'm working with reasonable people who are just hurting in the relationship. I get that. But that's some parameters as well. That's something else you don't just wing it. You don't right. just play exactly. it by ear. Before you separate, you're going, what does this look like so that we are taking care of our kiddo the best way possible? How does that work? What does that look like? If a couple other practical things around this, should we be talking to each other during the separation? Absolutely, yes. It's not a, we're never going to talk to each other, but there typically is parameters and, and boundaries around some of that. Now, if you talk to each other and every time you talk to each other, it's back to that war zone thing, you're back to attacking each other and destroying each other, then no, you can't talk to each other. But if you can have civil conversations and you can talk first maintenance talk, you know, right. How's the weather? The Who's kid? picking the kids? Um, you know, financial decisions, things like that. If you can have those maintenance conversations, then you will be able to have a successful relationship coming back together. Yeah. Or navigating it as you end up going to a divorce, but you're going to do that in an amiable, respectful, appropriate way that isn't going to destroy your kiddos in the in the process. Right. Uh, should you be having sex? That's a question I get all the time. My answer is no. Sex is usually uh, comes after being able to emotionally connect. Um, and you want to display that emotional connection through a physical connection. Sex isn't just about um, 
getting as much sexual or physical pleasure. Sex and marriage should be about emotionally connecting. And so if you can't emotionally connect and you're just using each other for that sexual gratification, I'm going to say that that is using each other for meeting your own needs and not actually thinking about the other person. Right. You have to be able to connect emotionally, conversationally, relationally, spiritually. You have to connect on the bigger things that are more sustainable rather than just the physical thing. That's actually kind of the easiest out of all of them. Um, and so I, I suggest that that typically doesn't happen right away. Anything else? I think that's all the big ones. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, yeah. th- that's a whole lot just to even take in and, and think about and a lot of really good nuggets. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, dear listener, and you're going, okay, man, this is really timely because my husband and I are thinking about this. My wife and I have talked about it last week. And now we have some parameters of what to do with this, or we're already in the midst of this. And so we're going to tweak some things here. Number one, glad, glad we could be of service. Glad this could be helpful. Um, we hope that you are able to move through this process as respectfully, as kindly, as appropriately, make sure your kiddos are safe, making sure that they're not bearing the brunt of it. It's still going to be hard on them, but you can do it in a way that is least damaging to them. Yes. And if you want more ideas or tools on actually how to have good communication, connection, and conflict resolution, because you might be missing those tools that what led to the separation in the first place, you need to go to securemarriage.com. You need to buy the relationship roadmap. Yes mini course it's just one hour it's 10 videos that are five minutes each comes with worksheets has an audio program that's connected with it but it has all of the tools and i've yet to see any problem in any marriage from any couple anywhere that one of those tools didn't actually help change or fix the situation that they're dealing with yeah and so for the very small cost of purchasing this online course you might be able to actually get the answers to why you're struggling in your relationship in the first place and what led to the separation this might be one of the steps you take in that time away to work on yourself right and, and then can, and the nice thing is you can purchase it and then you can both watch yeah, it you but you can watch it separately. separately you don't have to watch it together exactly and start making those changes yeah. you don't have to be yeah. doing it at the same time and now you're using the same map back to that metaphor we were just yes. talking about which is oh well, here we are in our marriage and we want to be over here we're using the same map finally and we actually have someone who knows the map and has built all these tools so that we won't get lost right. anymore and we start playing by the same rules makes everything easier yeah so for sure much easier. so relationship roadmap securemarriage.com click on the button and buy that and you can access that right away yeah just us being helpful that's yep. why we do what we do it is all right everyone thanks for listening we'll see you next time all righty bye-bye bye-bye